Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran. We got a really special episode today. I am joined by DC comedian, good friend of mine, Mr. Petey Steele, who is uh, currently hosting the the Countercurrents podcast from the DC Draft House. How's that going? It's going fantastic. It's actually just the Arlington now that DC's closed, unfortunately. Okay. So you're you're, uh, interviewing headliners, local comedians there. Awesome. Running our showcase. We just had the first um, Thursday night. We're probably going to have the next April 29th. So okay. It's going to be hype. Great, Come great. Out. And uh, is is uh, Countercurrents podcast, Is that uh, can you find that anywhere? Is any that a- website, any place where they're doing podcasts, iTunes, whatever, they got it. Awesome, yep. awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Appreciate Pete, it. I called you up here today because I know you are one of the biggest hip-hop fans I know. No doubt. And we are absolutely blessed to have a, a total hip-hop legend on the podcast Without today. question. This guy has, has not only is he an amazing MC, amazing dancer, big hip-hop historian, produced a bunch of people. Help me out here, because he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, it came out with the seminal group Third Base, one of the first white acts to get respect right. in the mainstream of hip-hop, but then additionally discovered uh, a little unknown talent by the name of Nas, and then another... Uh, right. Helped along with the progress of MF Doom and Sub Rock and uh, worked with nonfiction. I mean, this guy, he's he's the renaissance man of hip hop in a lot of ways. Eminem was just saying how much of an influence he was. Yeah. Uh, He's uh, he's doing the he has a podcast now called Search Says. It's really good. He just he had Chris Rock on recently. He's had Quest Love, everybody. Uh, And he is uh, getting ready to launch the Timeless Podcast Company. And he's going to tell you all about that. Please welcome to the confessional, MC Search, everybody. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad people can't see this because PD's rocking the same shirt I am. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Some shit. Uh, so um, I think we're going to need to go to bars right now to see who has to strip naked for fucking the uh, for the show right now. <laughs> uh, you got it. You got yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's too, how we uh, do around the way when you know you can't have too many people rocking the same shirt. No, no, no. Mike, Especially when it's polo. Well, I think we Listen, get. Let me tell you something. Yo, that 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 sale at the uh, at the outlets, the Simon Outlet Mall, man. It was definitely two for. Five. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I got it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm on point, man. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But I know you and I do a lot of shopping at a similar place. My man Ducky down in D.C. said what up and uh, over that's at Major. Yeah, yeah. That's my guy. Not only, uh, not only an amazing sneaker store, but just another amazing guy. So many artists owe their careers to Ducky U uh, from the Duck Down guys to snoop and and just all the records he worked so really what do you do with snoop he's he's a great dude he's actually one of the well he was uh he was uh he was doing an independent radio promotion he worked for priority when snoop was an artist there. awesome so awesome so he worked radio promotion for uh for snoop and for dre and ice cube and all that good wow no doubt wow ducky's actually one of the few stores i'll walk into and not boost sneakers from (laughs) oh i'm sorry should i mention that i'm sorry geez i should probably should not have dropped dime on myself right right well (laughs) you know but uh that's a good dude so anybody in the dc area make sure you Support my man's store. He's incredible. Yeah, major. Awesome, awesome. Maybe we'll have him on sometime. Yeah. Sounds like an interesting dude. I think he'd be honored. Yeah. You should. Yo, that dude is a wealth of knowledge. Just ducky, like just between sneaker culture, fashion culture, radio, records, music, like that dude could, he could, he should write a book. Like Ducky should write a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, weren't you had, you had a video, you had a, all of that. You had a book in the works at, at one point, didn't you, Search? Are you still doing that? I, I tried. I tried to do a GoFundMe. Oh. Um, and, and I did a GoFundMe because I thought it would be the best way that if I didn't reach the money that I tried to raise, sure. that I would, it would 100% go back uh-huh, uh-huh. to the men and women who 
put up the money. Um, I unfortunately did not educate myself on how GoFundMe works Interesting. and how to maximize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I wound up um, putting a lot of my energy in a culture vulture who wound up stealing my content instead Damn. of supporting me. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of that uh, program, it, it you know, the guy wound up getting a lot more of my content than I Damn. would have liked. Um, so it left a bad taste in my mouth, but um, definitely considering, you know, thinking about, you know, a more traditional path to sure. a memoir awesome. and, and, and writing that. But awesome. yeah, but I, I mean, listen, you. lesson learned. Sure. You know, I, I'm one of these guys, first time, shame on you. Second time, sure. go yeah. fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, there is no right, shame right. on me. Absolutely. There's no shame on me second time around. Second time yeah, around uh, is go fuck yourself. Right, so. right. Yeah, you got to bounce back from those things. Um, but search coming up soon. You are going to uh, expand the search says podcast into the timeless podcast company, correct? So, yeah. So timeless podcast company is, is something my wife and I, uh, started, uh, conceptualizing about three years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that was really frustrating for me is that I feel like the stories that are so rich and that are so amazing, are we are just being told in one way it's very narrow Hmm. um and while i appreciate the documentaries that are being put out there because i think that the documentarians are amazing Mm -hmm. i think that the thing about hip-hop that is incredible is it's it's oratory history right you know we started out in the parks Mm -hmm. you know i i um i was reminded by grandmaster dst on um on clubhouse that the term hip hop was not something that we even liked. Hmm. It's something that just became. It, it was what, what it became what it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that the elder statesmen of the culture even accepted as a term that we appreciated for the elements of dancing on the ground, DJing in the park, putting your name on the wall, right. you know, you know, rhyming along to what the DJ was doing on the breaks. And, and doing the knowledge, which were, you know, the, those five crucial beginning elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so the oratory history, I feel, needs a bump. Sure. And I think not only does it need a bump, but the artists themselves mm-hmm. who tell their stories need to have their intellectual property protected. Right. Um, like I said, there's a lot of culture vultures out there, a lot of dudes who are benefiting mm-hmm. from telling the stories of our legends and not giving those legends a fucking penny mm. yeah. of what they're profiting. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking penny. Mm. Um, so I went about changing that narrative in a real way, and I needed to find a partner who would appreciate that, and it took some years because the artists that are going to tell our stories were not going to own their recordings. Mm. They own their recordings. We amplify their recordings. Nice. We license them over a period of 10 to 15 years. We pay for them. It's mm-hmm. not a situation where we're like, oh, if it comes, it comes. I mean, this is a business. Mm-hmm. So we identified a partner that was real bullish on what we were doing. We partnered with The Orchard and Sony. Uh, they respected my vision. They respected the vision of the artists that are being involved. They, they respected the fact that these artists required compensation sure. for telling their stories, even if we didn't necessarily partner with them in the ownership of mm-hmm. those recordings. Right. And, um, you know, I found a great partner in the orchard and Sony and, and my, my wife and I started the timeless podcast company. And, and the first besides search says, which is more of a, you know, I love interviewing people. Mm-hmm. I, I like to consider myself the Howard Stern of hip hop. My my research is impeccable. Um, the study I do on people, you know, I like to surprise them with the things that right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a great research department um, that that goes in heavy on people. Um, so so we know a lot of things about the uh, the men and women we're we're interviewing, great. even if I know them personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first podcast we're launching. Uh, is uh, the Did I Ever Tell You the One About podcast. Nice. Okay. Uh, and the first season is Did I Ever Tell You the One About Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Nice. You know, Kane has never told his story 
openly is 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 open and honest story from him growing up in Brooklyn to being in Madonna's sex book and how oh, that yeah happened. I remember that yeah. you know mm-hmm. um um yeah I bet you did I bet you did look at that book a <laughs> oh, lot, yeah dude. they had the, they had the, um, they had the cellophane but, um, over it at the bookstore you had to be really <laughs> sneaky with you had it. to buy two you know it was funny I was talking to uh, Lionel Martin the 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 acclaimed video director and he was talking about when the book came out he bought two <laughs> one to read it and one to put away sure. right right yeah, it's like action so I, yeah so i and i i'm like fuck i should have done that because that's what i did with sneakers every pair i have is two nice. i have one that i rock and one that i put on ice so anyway that's i didn't awesome. do that with the sex book but the <laughs> other thing was you know i wanted to create an opportunity for the audience to be a part of not only the storytelling but the environment interesting right. so we partnered with you know some some amazing studios including Full Sail University here in Orlando, and we created a full immersive sound design. So each one of our podcasts is in 5.1 or even 5.2 surround sound. Nice. Wow. So nice. you get all the environment. So when we were talking about, you know, Kane going on Lafayette and Lafayette Gardens, we had an environmental sound design crew go and 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 go to Brooklyn mm-hmm. yeah. to do the taping in the in the audio of what it sounds like to be on that block right in the middle of the spring wow you know um you know everything is mixed on a a 96 track board every every sound every nuance is is carefully crafted in our sound design we we want the experience to be fully immersive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when you're in your car you might hear footsteps on your left you might hear something on your right car in front of you you know we want you to really experience it uh, from from all shapes and sizes. Awesome, awesome. Sick. Yeah, I definitely appreciate all the uh, quality you put into everything you do, and um, you know, you just got such a love for for hip hop. It's just it's just such a it's just so nice to um, you know watch your things, listen to whatever you do. It's just you can tell you just have the love and the passion there for the craft and the history. And I really appreciate. Well, I mean, I owe I owe everything you know I have to to the culture oh mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. yeah if mm-hmm. it if it was not for this culture if it was not for the music if it wasn't for the time i came up right i'd probably be a ducky store saying hey mike do you need a 12 in that nike <laughs> air force one or do you need a 13. oh that wouldn't be you a know, bad that would be gig. my job yeah you know? um yeah it just it would be different what, what about so comedy sir so you've been around the comedy world somewhat have you ever have you ever uh, dipped your toe in it as far as being a performer no, um, I I think I would be good at it. I could see I'm you. I'm sure. Absolutely. I could see you. I, I I'll tell you a funny. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. So uh, a homie of mine, uh, Craig Robinson, was in yeah. Orlando Peace. just before um, shit went south with mm-hmm. uh, COVID, and uh, I took him to my favorite uh, breakfast spot in Orlando called uh, Peach Valley Cafe, and. Uh, we were sitting, we were kicking it, and he was like, yo, you want to come on stage and freestyle? Nice. Like, you'll just come out of the audience. Right. I was like, yeah, that'd be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that. Hell yeah. So he had this really funny dude, this dude that opened for him, T-Rex, and his other homeboy, and they were, they were hysterical. Todd Rex, yep. Uh, and, out. And, and, yeah. and then Craig, Craig gets on the keyboard, and he starts doing his thing, and then all of a sudden they're like, yo, is there any MCs in the audience? <laughs> and this one dude pops up like... This one dude bops up, automatically goes straight ahead to the to the crowd and starts rhyming. His girl is, you know, and they're like, all right, great. You know, are there any other MCs? Anybody else? And I stand up. I go to the front. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, MC search. And, you know, some people knew me. Some people didn't. I start rhyming. And, you know, he was doing this whole thing with the keys and he'd bang on the keys. And like when somebody was he thought was looking at his dick, he'd be like, bang, 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 stop looking at my dick, Charles. You know, like really funny. <laughs> And I start rhyming, and then all of a sudden, I felt like it would be funny if I pivoted my freestyle to talk about how he was making the audience do his job, making everybody else laugh. <laughs> like, why are you putting the job on us? You're right. not a comedian, make us yeah. laugh. And I went and I banged on his keys while I was freestyling, and they were fucking crickets. Nice. <laughs> and I'm looking at Craig, and I'm looking at, and Craig's looking at me, and he's like, Search, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's what he said to you. I said, I, I, I just want to be heard, Craig. I just want to be heard. Cricket. He's like, why don't you do what you do and run? 
<laughs> so I started Ramayan, applause, applause. And uh, I felt like an asshole. Like I, and I mean, it, this lingered for like months and right, months right. and months. I felt like an asshole. And T-Rex would call me and check in and be like, I'm like, yo, just, I'm, ugh. Like, you know when you're brushing your teeth and you had that moment on stage and it just hits you and you're like, ugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my whole life. Yeah. Dude, I was fucking having a hundred of those. Right? Like I was Dude, I get ones from twenty years ago. It's the mind so like, of an anxious person. Like a year later, Craig calls me. He was like going to some party, like in L.A., and we he was just checking and kicking it. And I said, "Homie, I said, I don't know if T Rex told you. I don't know if I told you, but I, I'm really sorry. Like I really was trying to be funny. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be like I get really." intense and i thought it would be funny and and he said you know search yeah i did feel some type of way about that shit that was some bullshit and i'm like oh <laughs> really he's like yeah we're good man he's like yo you you know you shoot you, you shoot your shot you shot your shot he's like but i felt some type of way about it and i'm like ah so just before covid the uh, improv in orlando had asked me to come and take some classes and nice. and i was going to actually do it and then bang, wow. COVID mm -hmm. happened, and I and I hadn't gone back. Um, but another homeboy of mine who did the show was really funny, funny dude Gary Owen. Yep. Um, said to me that you know I should I should give it a stab as well. I mean I you know like I know there's a lot of rappers who have attempted it. Like I know my mm -hmm. man Paz K. Yeah. Um, yep. Does it? Kid. Back in the day, he does some shows in Charlotte. I know Kid from Kid and Play yeah. does. Ice you know, T, I think, dabbled stage. a little bit. Did he? I think so. Or he said he was going to. Huh. Really? Mm. If you don't last at Ice T, he's going to wind up shooting you. So, I mean, that's a win win <laughs> right, proposition yeah, right there. Right. I, actually, it's a funny story. Ice T told me one of my, one of my favorite stories about Ice T. Um, Ice T had bought his first Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. And he rolled. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. Got it wrong. Sorry. Let me re re rewind. Sure. It was Russell, Russell Simmons. Mm -hmm. Got his first Rolls Royce. And he was driving around the city. And the first person he saw when he was just driving, having to be driving around was Ice T. <laughs> and Ice T was, he was like, oh shit. Oh, nice Rolls Royce. It's like late 80s, early 90s. Right. And Russell's like, yeah, it's got bulletproof windows. And Ice pulled out his gun. It's like, oh yeah, let me find <laughs> out. <laughs> right? oh, so he was like, ha ha ha. Like that so about two hours Robocop. later, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just don't show him your Kevlar so, vest. So two hours later, he's in Tribeca, and he's he's downtown with Robert De Niro. He's about to have dinner with Robert De Niro. And Robert, oh, you know, I just bought a new Rolls Royce. Oh, it's a nice Rolls Royce. He says, yeah, and the, the, the windows are bulletproof. And Robert pulls out his gun and goes, "Let me find out." <laughs> <laughs> Man, I didn't know Robert was uh, living So this. culturally, it's like, you know, right. it doesn't matter, right? It's like, yeah. you know, a, a thug is a thug. <laughs> you just, gangster. Hey, you just don't mention it. doesn't matter, it. so it's if, like, it's like. Right, right. If you got yeah. a bulletproof anything, anyway, you just so keep just, it to yourself. Really yeah. you, don't, you don't talk right. about those things. Yeah, you don't want anybody. Right. You don't even you know, talk about it if you got a vest on. Exactly, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Dude, I remember I remember that. The, we, you know, in elementary school, we had a cop like came to the school to talk to us, and he showed us his Kevlar vest. And then he shows us his uh, his rifle in the in the back, and we're all like, "Okay, can we shoot you? Yeah, <laughs> it'll bounce off, right?" It's like I'm a stunt man. Yeah, you any good? <laughs> Pop. Right, yeah. yeah, well, it's like being well, a comedian. Say around. Tell me a joke. Uh, uh. And then and then it's like I guess I don't write jokes because I don't have one. I just have bits apparently. That's it. <laughs> but I think search would be. I do too. I mean, it, with the storytelling, that's right, become story more of a format these mm -hmm, days mm -hmm. on the comedy stage. I mean, and you, I know you got funny shit from way back absolutely. when. A story about Bushwick Bill. Oh no, yeah, that. I was just gonna bring but, that up. But dude, if he could work uh, freestyle into his humor, yeah, that would be amazing. Because I I don't know of anyone that does that. To be honest with you, do you? I mean, I throw in like maybe an alliteration sure, thing sure. or like a rhyme here, and right, there, right, or whatever, right, right. but not like a full like. There's no real hip hop. Yeah, there's no real hip hop freestyle comedian that I can yeah. think of. And I feel like that could be a thing. I want to do a thing. I've been thinking about this for a while on how gangster rap now it seems just soft to me because it's not about like brutality the way it right. used to be. Like, you know, when you think of the old ghetto boys <laughs> records and shit, sure. like Willie D getting on saying like 
I'll beat your mama ass and go get a six pack just sounds like way more harder <laughs> than like, you know, Poodle at the tank and blah, 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 blah. Right, right. You know, Can't come on, man. Again. Yeah, yeah. What's, uh, Search, are you, uh, how, how are your, how are your feelings on the, uh, the current, uh, state of the, the hip hop world with the mumble rap and whatnot? I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not one of these dudes who uh, dislikes the culture and mm -hmm. dislikes what we, what it's being made. I love, I love everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really uh, spend a lot of time listening to this young spitter out of uh, Philly named O.T. The Real. No, oh, he's a kid. beast. Um, yeah, there's a kid out of um, Atlanta that uh, I was uh, working with named uh, Surf, S-U-R-F. His nice. record's incredible. Um, you know, I, there's just so many artists that I, I listen to, and I'm always looking for new artists. I'm mm. always looking not to work with or not to be involved in. My focus right now is timeless and, you know, um, and our other business ventures. But, you know, I'm still very much a fan of the music. I, nice. I'm not one of these haters. Right. I'm not one of these dudes. It's like, kids oh, get off know, my lawn. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like one of these old school dudes who's like, ah, it's all trash. Right, it's right. not like... Nah, it's fucking great. Like a lot of these dudes, like I was just thinking about this too. I was listening to a uh, little baby and I was listening to uh the baby and little baby's record. Yo, them kids have bars. Like if you separate the, the way they flow and you just look at how they're spitting, the baby is an MC. Like he's not a rapper. He's not a trapper. He's not a mumble. Yo, that motherfucker has bars mm -hmm. for days. Little baby, bars for days. Future, bars for days. Like, you know, there's dudes who are out here yeah. who, I mean, it's just Dave East is another one He's of my favorites. Beast, right? You know, like, there's just so many great artists. And there's still artists that are from, you know, 10, 15 years back that are still making amazing music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, it's, the timeline has shifted. It's not like you have to put a end date on right. when you can listen. Or, yeah. and, and again, you know, there was a, a report that was just done by Billboard that said that 98% of people, once they pass 30, stop listening to new music. Whatever I'm, I'm guilty. you listen to between, yeah, yeah. I'm guilty. Yeah. I gotta, I Would gotta you make turn myself. Thirty, yeah, right. I believe that. And, yeah. and, and, and once it, you turn, once you go over thirty, I'm one tenth of one billionth percent because I just downloaded some new shit like the other day. Nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just always am listening right. to new music. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love. I, I mean, I just and that's again. I think it goes back to the basics. Like I started this new thing on my my page called you know how you support artists you buy their shit right yeah. so that's yeah. my new thing my new thing is like oh you know how you support so i just bought um talib kwali's new book mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. just bought nipsey hustle's book written awesome. by rob kenner a great fan i just i'm looking at your old drew's new vinyl uh, yeah. i just bought um the new ill bill project like so my whole new thing is <laughs> you'll see once in a week once a week on my search Instagram, it'll be like, you know how you support artists? You buy their shit. Yeah. Awesome. Fuck streaming. 100%. Fuck that. Nice. Buy their shit. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like support artists because you know what? That's that's what you that's what you should do. Right. Like go to iTunes, buy their albums. Stop being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. No question. All right. I mean, would you say, though, like I, I would just say, this is my opinion, but like for a while, it seemed like most of the focus in hip hop had kind of gone away from the East Coast and down to the South. And now it seems with like the internet and in the last decade, it seems to have reemerged as there's kind of like an East Coast vanguard of like classic golden age sound, you know, a la yourself in a way by, I would say like the Griselda gang, Rock Marciano, um, all those dudes, Ed Crime Apple out of New Jersey. I don't know if you know him. Um, but, yeah, I'm really resurged by that as well as some of these battle leagues. Like, I'm hearing crazy bars coming out of those things, even though it's, like, more of a spoken word format without a structure and a beat. It ain't like Scribble Jam back in the day. But it's really kind of 
charged, recharged my batteries because I was a rapper at one point. You know, I used to write a whole lot of shit. I had CDs. I'd go sell them just out the trunk and whatnot. And then I discovered comedy and it was like an easier barrier to entry in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't mind fucking with the pen again one of these days. And like, I, I don't know, it feels like a very special time for hip hop, despite what other people are saying in so far as, you know, it doesn't seem like you have to use the radio anymore, and you, and yeah, you don't yeah. these days. Way, yeah, I mean, there's no mainstream anymore. It's, you, you can. What would you say about that? Well, first of all, I love all those. I love Conway. I love East Side, West Side Gun. I love Benny the Butcher is a fucking animal. The best. But also, you know, they adopted my man from Detroit, Bodie James, who Damn. I signed in 2011. Bodie's been a beast since Jimbo, you know, so the Versace tape he just did with, with West Side Gun is one of my favorite mixtapes of the year. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, all of the all of the things that I love to listen to on a regular basis. I just bought West Side's new mixtape. I just bought Benny's, you know, mixtape, you know. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, as far as the battle leagues, like for me, I always rhymed acapella. Okay. When I battled MCs, I never, I never wanted to beat because I never wanted to be limited by a tempo. Like it was always, you know, when I was coming up in the '80s, most MCs didn't rhyme off the top of their head. Everything was written. Right. Everything. Right. So for me to be a white dude, strike one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know. Um, and to be in a black art form, strike two. Um, the only way for me to survive was to be, you know, something that everybody talked about, like, right. oh boy, do not fuck with that white boy. Like, you do not want any parts of that white boy. Um, and I would, you know, rhyme off the top of my head. And, you know, and there would usually be dudes that battled in, you know, whatever projects I was visiting. And they would have a beatbox behind them and they would go. And then when it was my turn to battle, I would tell the beatbox, like, yo, no, no, I got this. I'm going to do this acapella. Right. And they didn't even know what acapella was. The only reason I knew what acapella was is because I went to high school in music and art. So I knew what an acapella was because I went to a music right. school. So sure. I knew, you know, and they're looking at me like, oh, this fucking white devil thinks he's smarter than me. This pretentious <laughs> motherfucker. Like, um, but, um, but, and then I would, I would run like, and, and my whole thing was, I would have to break you down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would say, you know, like, you know, Petey might have the same shirt as mine, but trust me, you ain't as fly as mine. And, you know, like that would right, be right, like, right. you know, and that, that's how I would go back and forth. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, and then I would break them down head to toe. And then I break down their lyrics head to toe. Like, you know, it was all about a structure of how to battle. So when I look at these battle leagues like Caffeine and, you know, like, mm-hmm. yo, I love them kids, man. Yeah. I love them kids. Um, I What I don't love and what I don't appreciate about the battle scene is that nine times out of ten when a dude gets battled and he, and he gets served, it leads to violence. And yeah. like, really? That's some bullshit. Like, yo. There's yo, been like, too many of those yeah. things. Yo, don't get, don't, get, don't get in the fucking ring right. and, and, and battle a beast. Without knowing what the right, rules yeah, are, I which thought is, it was, yo, this is this is not hand to hand combat. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is lyrics. This is like you you step in with creativity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understand there are no gray areas. Yeah. Like I can Kinda go like at comedy, you from you any yeah. place. Mm-hmm. You know, so so a lot, of, and I shouldn't say nine times out of ten. That's not accurate. But a lot of times, mm-hmm. you'll see the post is like dudes leave and then. Right, yeah, squabbles right. and dudes again duff left and right. Mm-hmm. That that's not for me. Yeah. Like, but everything else, I'm 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 there. I'm 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 there for it. Yeah. Like you know, because I love bars. Fuck yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we asked uh, our listeners what their who their favorite old school hip hop uh, act is, and we have a few here. We have uh, Charlie Spink from Concord, California. Says LL Cool J. I think he was in the middle of making a major career comeback in the mid-90s with his album Mr. Smith when I was 11 or 12 and really finally started to appreciate hip-hop. So then I started listening to the older stuff like Radio and Walk Like a Panther, which ended up being a gateway to listening to much more Run DMC and Beastie Boys. You an LL fan? 
Yeah, I am. Yeah. Early, early. I mean, early LL for sure. Right. He he did. Um, he had like, several comebacks, didn't he? I mean, Mama said knock you out was kind of a comeback. Uh, Mister Mister Smith was a comeback. Mister Smith. I mean, the way I remember it was, it was kind of like a crossover thing because he right. just done fourteen shots to the dome, which had flopped, and uh, there was like a uh. source article where the track masters, right. I think, it set him down and was like, yo, stop trying to be mob deep. You know, you uh-huh. got to pull in with the ladies, so we'll get boys to men on the track. We'll, sure. you know, have the doing it. It'll be like a lot of sexting. Maybe there'll be one hard track right, like right. Uh, yeah. I Shot You or something like a posse uh-huh. thing. And then, I honestly, I attribute that album along with like Puffy and Master P mm. to kind of what I call the sort of like dilution of right. bar heavy hip hop in mm-hmm. the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of an R&B. unspoken factor. I mean, it's right. a good album, but it, it definitely changed the focus. And then uh-huh. within a year from that album, he was the first rapper ever to perform for a president. Oh, wow. You know, so it worked. People were going, sure, he's sure. a sex symbol, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember another song kind of popping up around the, uh, the OOs at one point where I was like, damn, LL's back again. That was, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but I don't it was, know. It was around. Hell. I was hearing it. But uh, what do you think about sir, about that search with the uh, kind of hip hop changing there in the in the mid to late nineties as far as crossing? Yeah, over? I mean, for me, like you know, when when the Hot Boy era came out and the Shiny Suit era came out, like I, I was, you know, the locks were always, you know, guys I loved, but and mm-hmm. and Mace was certainly a, a guy I, I respected a great deal. I had already been shifted to like listening to Common, Talib Kweli, Most Def, um, High Tech. Right. You know, I was consulting Raucous. I brought Miss Fat Booty to radio, got Most Def his first number one record. Yeah, that was a bomb. You know, I was listening to The Arsonist. I was working with Nonfiction, Necro, Ill Bill. You know, so for me, that era kind of went past me. And Mm -hmm. also, there was a young spitter out of Queens named 50 Cent who had a record called How to Rob. Yeah. Um, there was DMX and Rough Riders. There was, you know, that that was more for me where my, my edge was. And obviously a young band out of Philly called The Roots. So, you know, that's kind of where my, my mind was during sure. all of that. Right. You know, the early LL stuff for me, you know, besides, you know, obviously I need a beat in radio. I was more into Dear Yvette and Bristol Hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the more, you know, album cuts yeah. than I was some of the more traditional records. I don't know anything off 14 Shots to Your Dome. I don't know anything off Mr. Smith. I know 54321 mm-hmm. and that record because I worked it at radio because I was at, I, and I know Father, mm-hmm. the single Father, because I was doing radio at Def Jam at the time. I was the head of the CHR department. So I know that, but I had already been pivoted and like my mind was not in right. that, in that right. space. Right. Okay. All right, we got another one here from uh, Richard Dweck, Wall, New Jersey. Uh, he likes Easy E. Had a really good flow, good voice, and is impressive because he had a lot of anxiety early on and had to be alone in the booth to record. Which, of course, we saw in the uh, the Straight Out of Compton film. Yeah, where he he was just put on the spot there and and just kind of made a rapper by Dre. Right. Well, my knowledge of Eazy-E, and I was a big fan more for the persona, because when I got into right. you know hip-hop, I was like 11 or 12, and you know every kid, every block in America, some badass kid had like Easy does it, Absolutely. you know, hidden from their peeps or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, it was like contraband. Straight out of contraband. Yeah, it was like contraband. I, right? I remember yeah. getting slipped the uh, the two live crew cassette. I, that one, too, no was, question. That, was, that stays underneath be. your socks in the back of your drawer type of thing, yeah, so your mom yeah, doesn't yeah. find it. But Easy E, from what I mean, the credits will tell you a lot of that's Ice Cube's writing, and then a yeah. lot of people, other people, wrote for Easy E. I mean, he did he write his, at all himself? I, I don't want to say not at all, but um, I know like Tretch wrote uh, "Only If You Want It" for uh-huh. him from Naughty by uh-huh. Nature. Uh, I remember there was a source article where Paperboy came right, in high as right. fuck, and he is performing something he just written for him. Like a uh-huh. lot of people lent their lyricism right. to him, but he put his flow to it. I'll sure, give him that. Sure. Do you how do you, how do you all feel about uh ghostwriters and hip hop and you know having personas I mean over? I mean for me, you know, like I, I think for me there's there's always been an element of that, mm-hmm. uh of of people that are involved in, in someone's writing process mm-hmm. at some point. But I think the great ones, I mean the great ones. Right. They don't. They don't need a. They don't need a, a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, there, there's a there's a 
there's a code to it, right? Like, so there's certain people that will never admit that they wrote for people. Right. Then you got like guys like Sauce Money who come out and claim, you know, who they wrote for and records that they wrote for. Um, I, you know, for me personally, when I think about Easy, I think of him as a as a great human being first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, a, you know, a good soul, a good person. I don't. Yeah. Separate from his business, I yeah. don't. I don't know about his business. I don't know how he treated Cube and Dre and Yella and Ren and and you know Jerry Heller. I, I don't know about any of that. I just know he's a good. He was a good human being, but um, I don't think he ever wrote a lyric. Okay. I, I personally, I don't know. And if and if he wrote mm -hmm. one, maybe it was way, 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 way later when he was doing the right. Dr. Dre diss records. Right. Mm -hmm. He signed a, a group that I loved the last years of his life called Blood of Abraham. Yeah, the Jewish um, rap really act. Yep. Yeah. Um, they were dope. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I've never known easy to write a lyric. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. We got another one here from Kendra from Baltimore. She likes special ed. Oh, I think I was 12 ed. or 13 when I first heard this music and went out to get the tape. The mission was one of my faves and it was funny. He had a call about delivering a package and described running into tough and humorous characters. I was just discovering rap outside of MTV at that age and uh, tell search. I said, hi, I love third base. So Kendra says hi, Serge. Oh, thank you, Kendra. From I love, Baltimore. I love, I love that name, by the way. That is I, a good I name. have a lot of great memories of, of. I have a lot of great memories of Beemore because I used to consult a ninety-two Q when I was back in my radio promotion days. Nice. So I used to come down there every Thursday, um, and when they used to do their uh, summer barbecue series, you know, they used to do this barbecue beach event. Ninety-two Q. I'd get a call from their program director, usually two days before, telling me they were short like X amount of money. And I need to bring a bag and help them keep the event on, on, you know, cause the community wanted it. Right. Um, and when, and when, and when K Swiss died, I mean, that just broke my heart, you know? So it's just, you know, mm -hmm. I had a lot of good friends in that, in that town. Nice. Um, so much love to, to Kendra. Yeah. I mean, special ed was one of my favorite artists from back in those days. Um, I just had Ed do a show here before uh, COVID he came to Orlando and did an event for me. Um, thing about the mission that was really funny um the first verse i don't know if you can get away with that first verse today because he's saying that this girl said um she didn't want him to leave so he shot her he says sorry baby i gotta do what i gotta <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like he shot her for no reason like it's some real yeah. thug shit yeah. like literally he said so i shot her and said sorry baby gotta do what i gotta yeah. he literally <laughs> shot Hey. So what he's saying, and I'm not saying this, but Ed said it, it was like, yo, she grabbed on my leg, so I shut that bitch. And I left. <laughs> like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, you can't, if, hey. if you said that today in a record, you know, it, it would never it would yeah. never make it out your basement, Even let as alone a joke. on a streaming service. Yeah. Even as a no, joke, you can't go. Joke. I, know, I know that, but I'm saying you can't course, even joke I'm, like yeah. that anymore. Nah, no. nah. Yeah. I, think, I think the sensitivity level is yeah. on a thousand yeah. right now. I think, I think that I think that there is just a level of sensitivity right. that you have to be extremely conscious of. Right, right. Um, and um, we were building an app. I'll, get, I'll give you a perfect example. We were building an app. And uh, in the app, we were asking for your preferred pronoun. Mm -hmm. You know, and we were like, he, she. And my oldest daughter was like, dad, there's like 37 preferred pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, honey? Right. He's like, no, there's shim, there's them, there's binary, there's this. I was, so we put them all in. We put it all in. Wow. And I will never forget the research that we got when we first went into beta was the early impressions where people appreciated yeah, how many yeah. preferred pronouns there are. Right. Because people do not want to be identified anymore by a male, female, you know, androgynous. Mm -hmm. they, they want the flexibility. And in that flexibility also comes a lot of sensitivity. True. Yeah. So, you know, the, the idea, I was talking to this, somebody about this the other day too. You know, this younger generation, what I love about them, what I appreciate about them is they're truly a tribe. Yeah. Like when we were coming up, you know, I think we were pretty open-minded, but we were open-minded only based on the limitations that we were given by our own parents. Mm -hmm. So like when we use the, and I don't care what anybody says, I'm going to say it anyway. 
When I would say to somebody, oh, yeah, I'm like a faggot, it didn't mean that they were gay. It means that right. they couldn't kick the kickball in fucking seventh grade, <laughs> fucking faggot. Like, it's because, you know, we were playing handball and, and you let the ball go past the line. Like, the fuck is wrong with you, faggot? It didn't mean anything. Right. It right. meant asshole, douchebag, scumbag, jerk. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't mean anything. It had no... It had no sexual connotation right. right it wasn't derogatory it wasn't demeaning to anyone sure. who's gay it was just a word mm-hmm. and in the 90s when you look back at the 90s you're like damn we were some rough motherfuckers like we really were talking out our neck like saying things that by now sure we could never say no we mm-hmm. could never share those you know we so the sensitivity is at right. a level right, right now where even joking like that there's no way to properly even place that yeah. joke yeah. in a context without having an asterisk and a thousand explanations after the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, baby. Sorry, shot us. Sorry, baby. I do it or not. <laughs> but I understand the shot wasn't a shot from a gun. It was more like love from a hun. And don't, no, no, no. It wasn't love for a hun because she's, you're going on like 17 bars to explain <laughs> the fucking first two bars. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, would, it would be forever. Dude, you should you do you should do a rap just, like that. Like you start with just a bunch of caveat rap. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called your hype man. The asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> nice. I think we just invented a new form of hip hop here. Uh, let's see. We got one more from John Stonebreaker, also from right here in Baltimore. Technically, I ch- uh, I choose KRS One. Technically, I choose him by style over era, though it's arguable whether he's a boom bap or strictly old school rapper. More stylistically old school, Curtis Blow. Hmm. I gotta tell you, I hope I, I don't love this boom bap okay. uh, definition. I, I, it just doesn't backpack boom bap trap. It's just it's music, right? And it's music identified by you know the era and whatever. Karis one is in my top five dead or alive for the rest of my life. Like that's it. Like yep. I think recently my top five changed for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, because my top five has always been Rakim, KRS, Chuck D, Nas, and Jay. Right? That's okay. my top five. But recently, it's changed to Rakim, Chuck D, KRS, Nas, and Black Thought. Okay. Jay as, as, a, as a close fifth. Yeah. Black Thought's, Black Thought's EP with Ninth Wonder. Phenomenal. Bar for bar probably the greatest piece of music ever made Hmm. bar for bar probably the greatest piece of music ever made black thought is an mc definitely the most underrated mc of all time period he says on that ep money's just a concept never was an object even when my mother was living up in the projects Hmm. like that line should be debated at fucking Harvard. Yeah. The post-modernity of concept. money. Yeah, never was an object. Mm-hmm. Even when my mother was living up in the projects. I mean, I mean there's so much simplicity and so much depth. Yeah. Now imagine once. there's a whole fucking ro- a whole record of that shit. A whole EP of that shit. Right. Then you go back into their catalog and there's more of that shit. Like, Tariq is one of the greatest orators of our lifetime, uh, a legacy of lyrics. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Nice. You're a fan of his piece? Oh, yeah. And he just gets better, and he's getting better and better and better. And I love Jay, and I love Jay. Jay will never be better than Nas to me. Period. I don't care right. who you are. You could argue it for days. American Gangsta is one of my favorite albums. Reasonable Doubt, one of my favorite albums. He's never made Illmatic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, right. period. I Gone, agree. done. Would you say that's Biggie's not in my top Biggie's not in my top ten either. Love Biggie. Right. And I love Biggie. Two albums. Sorry. It, yeah. It doesn't equate to a body of work. Right. It doesn't. Right. It, sorry. It can't. It can't and it won't and it doesn't. Tupac, not in my top ten. Yeah. Love Pac. As a human being, as a friend, love Pac. Spend time with me and my wife. Not in my top 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because how do you disqualify? How do you disqualify M, Kane, G Rap? G Rap's my number one of all time. Yeah. That's my I mean, personal. G Rap is the most slept on MC. 
I put out more lights in a fight than Con, Con Edison. Edison. Yep. Like, are you fucking crazy? crazy. <laughs> How the fuck do you think? I went, I was in his fucking house and I said, yo, I want to battle you. We were smoking woolers, right? We were smoking oh, yeah. I could... Justin and weed. And um, like, and we, I was like, and we were both young, young and stupid. Um, <laughs> and I said, I wanted to battle him off the top of the head. And he, and, I'm, and he looked me straight in the face. He goes, I don't rhyme off the top of the head, but I'll write you to death. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. That's who he is. Chuck D as well, right? He doesn't Fuck really. Yeah, uh, he's right. Freestyle. I mean, Chuck D. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think no, he Chuck freestyles. doesn't freestyle. He's always a yeah, yeah. he's a writer. No, no, he doesn't at all. In fact, one of the podcasts that we're doing, one of the podcasts that we're doing is called Line for Line. Nice. And we put two MCs together and we talk about their influence on each other. Right. Mm. The first season is Chuck D and DMC. Oh. And one of my favorite oh. stories on that thing is that how DMC influenced Chuck in writing Fight the Power. And that's all I'm going to leave you with right, right wow. there on that one. Awesome. But that's like, to me, all of those things, and that's why Timeless is so important to me. Mm-hmm. That's right. why I, it's, it's my sole focus is Timeless and those podcasts because I those stories have to be told. Yep. But they have to be told in a way that isn't just the voice and just... It has to be told in a way that's completely immersive. I need you to be sitting in that room when those conversations were had. Yeah, sure. So when we talk to the artists, we're like, okay, what was it like? What were you listening to? Who was there? You know, I want to create this immersive sound design. And, you know, if I could patent it, I would. You can't patent an idea like that. Hmm. So my hope is that in five years from now, every fucking podcast that has to do with hip hop, all they do is immersive sound design. Because it's the only way to tell our stories in the way that is really respected, correct, curated, right, and with amazing music. Yeah. Awesome. 100%. Pete, uh, give us your, your top five, if you don't mind. No problem. Uh, cool G Rap, Big L, Nas, Karis, One, Black Thought. Wow, so you two are pretty close. Say, yeah, more or no, less. we're not close at all. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Yeah. I mean, again, Big L, I love L. I love L. I almost signed L, actually. Wow. But you can't, it's one album. Yeah. It's one album. Yeah. It's, first of all, it's three great freestyles. Yeah. The greatest freestyle With of all Jay. time is him and Jay-Z yep. on, on Bobito mm-hmm. and Stretch Armstrong. Greatest fucking freestyle ever. No. But you can't put Big L in top anything, top 10, top 20, on one record. It's the same argument I have with DJ Domingo and my friends and with Nori about pun. I love pun. Right. Can't put him in the top anything because he didn't have a chance to mm. fulfill his destiny. Yeah. yeah. True. So yeah. if you want to do a top 10, if you want to have an asterisk yeah. about top 10, you know, dead posthumous MCs, then yeah, we could do Mac Miller, Big Pun, L, you know, I I right. on for days about dead MCs. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Who had two albums. Right, right. Well, how about this? Biggie's probably number one. Pac is number two, arguably, yeah. you know, one and two. But L is up there. Pun is up there. You can have that argument. Okay. Right. Um, all right, how about this? Top five Hence hip-hop. my passion coming out as you can <laughs> yeah. well, we can feel That's it. That's great. As I love it. Uh top five hip hop albums of all time. Oh shit. Who wants to go first? Um mm. These are, these are the ones you put in the encyclopedia. I'm going to let Pete go with the nice polo shirt. <laughs> Look, I got you from the neck up, Search. You and I got the same uh, the same glasses, the same hairstyle no, I know, going I know, here. I know. You yeah, put no, me no, and no, Pete yeah, together, yeah, very, we get Search. Very similar. There it is. Um, okay, <laughs> this is mine. True, it's a good point. <laughs> Illmatic, uh, Breaking Adams. Who's that? Main Source. Oh, I don't know. Main Source. Uh, end of the Stage. Wow, Mike. I, and, I know. Um, let me thank you. Good here. choice. Um, These are good choices. No, thank you, thank you. And um, say paid in full and low end theory. Okay, okay. Paid in full was. Wow. Uh, we are uh, very close, Pete. You and I are very close. Do me a favor though. You got to play him. Fucking breaking Adams. Yeah. Got to play. Oh, him. I'm on it. You got to play him. Awesome. Any, you got to play him live at the barbecue. Snake Eyes. Yeah. Friendly game of baseball. Like, dude, this. I was so going to say source. earlier, I don't mean to cut you off, but back when he was asking if I liked Black Thought, I was going to say I went to see the Roots for their first show at the Kennedy Center 
uh, right before, it was December before Corona. Ducky was there too by chance. I didn't even know he was going, but he rolled up with some of his staff. And one of the things Tariq likes to do on stage is uh, looking out the front door. And he definitely saw me doing the lyrics and gave me a shout from stage. It was tight. Nice. I was up in the third row. Nice. Anyway. Nice. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. No. So I definitely, I, so for me, it's, uh, it's painful. Obviously, Eric being Rock Kim. Although, again, asterisk, Chinese arithmetic, worst DJ record ever <laughs> made of all time. Um, Two is Illmatic. Okay. Three is OC Word Life. Brilliant. Um, four is Low End Theory. Um, and five is Takes a Nation of Millions. Public yeah. yeah, I love Takes a Nation of Millions. Yeah, it is a great one. Um, I'm having a little fun with this. Let's, let's just do a couple more top fives. All and right. then we'll wrap it up, if that's okay with you guys. Fine with me. I like this stuff. Top five dead rappers, like you said earlier. Uh, Oof. Oof. Shit. Okay. Well, um, go ahead, Pete. Please. Okay. Your show. Your show, brother. Go no ahead. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I say Big L, Biggie, Big Pun. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I keep hating right. to name the usual suspects, but um, I'd also say Pac and then Scientific from Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, Unfortunately, a little known guy, but he was sick. He came up under Ed OG. Okay. He put him out. Nice. All right. Search. Mm. So I would, yeah, I would say I would have to, oh, I mean, obviously Biggie, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Story to tell is, to me, one of my favorite, you know, and there's also, I mean, we could do top five best well-written records of all time, too. Like, I could do a top sure. five forever. Um, Biggie definitely won. Big L would be number two. Um, pun would be three. And again, this is me personally. Sure. This is not, you know, don't take it as anything else but me. Um, so, yeah, Biggie, Big L, Pun, uh, MF Doom. Mm. Oh, fuck. I just forgot. I keep forgetting he's like a rat. He is here in spirit. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I probably have to take one <laughs> Um, <laughs> so fucked up. So fucked up if you like disre disrespect the dead. Oh, I'm sorry, one of you dead guys, you're gone. I forgot about <laughs> Doom. Um, you got uh, bumped. Zev Love X. I, and I and I shouldn't even. And it's so funny because you know I call him Doom because the world calls him Doom, but I I don't know who Doom is. I know Zev Love X. Um, that's for I think the fifth one. Hmm. That's tough. And keep I mean, in mind, Marky Mark is, is still Pac, alive. But I'm not a... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just a reminder. I'm not a... You know, again, I would have to say just, just because of his influence. No. You know what? So here's my five. So here's my five. It's, it's definitely Biggie. It's definitely Big L. It's definitely Zev Lovax, a.k.a. MF Doom. It's definitely Mac Miller and then Pun. All right. Mm. Okay. That's All right. my five. Uh, okay, I got a couple questions for you guys, just as, as you two are, are very knowledgeable in the hip-hop history. We all know uh, the Cool Herc is agreed upon as the first uh, DJ in hip-hop, correct? Yes. Yeah. Kind of, he kind of he pretty much invented yeah. it. He would play the breaks in the middle. Who would you consider the first MC? Maybe. So that's a guy named DJ Hollywood. Okay. He's DJ Hollywood is the first. He's the known. It's Coca Rock. So the first known MC is Coca Rock and mm. DJ Hollywood. Those are the two known right. historical people that were known to grab a microphone and and rock a party. Were they together? What's un, what people? No, separate. No, okay. Um, but what people don't realize was the reason guys grabbed the mic to start parties in the beginning. Mm -hmm was to tell people when their cars were getting towed. Right, right. Or when the cops were coming. Right. That's when that's when guys put mics on because you know you needed to just tell people Some what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you had to make announcements. Sure. Um, Fruit punch and, has been um, spiked. That's kind of how it kind of, you know, became so 
The first known MC is a guy named Coco Larock. Okay. And DJ Hollywood is is also one of the known. All right. And then Lord Tim is the first recorded song, hip hop song. Okay. Huh. All right. But a lot of people say the last poets. Right. And sure, a lot of their sure. early iterations mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. can be traced uh, back. Constituted at the early mm -hmm. first hip hop song. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I first white rapper. Very first white rapper? Shit, so I don't know. So the very first white rapper is a guy named Vanilla B, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Lord Scotch, hmm. a.k.a. Kiway K, a.k.a. Keo, a.k.a. Blake Latham. Wow. Blake Latham is a, is a world-renowned graffiti artist named Keo. Keo X-Men, K-E-O X-Men. You can follow him on Instagram. Okay. He was the first white rapper. Ever. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm learning mad. Me shit too. Here. No, I love hearing about this, this stuff, man. I love hearing about the you know. Me and Sean Sitaro, uh, when Sean was a genius, we did a, a podcast with. It was me and Keo. Wow. Uh, where we talked about because I, when I went to high school, I saw I saw him perform mm -hmm. with the Kango Crew, um, and uh, you know he was my mentor. He's my friend to this day. Uh, we've been friends since we're both 13 years old. So, mm. you know, <clears throat> that's great. Wow. Is he from Far Rockaway as well? Didn't be... Is Keogh nah, from Brooklyn? Par okay. Park right. Slope. Got He's it. from Park Slope. Um, he, uh, so he never wanted to be a, a, and he didn't want to be an artist in terms of making rap music. Right. For him, rapping was always something he did for fun. Mm -hmm. Something he did in the parks. That was more of his, his speed. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. All right, Pete, do you have anything else you want to ask, Serge, before we wrap up? You know, um, I just want to say massive thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I mean, I was absolutely floored to hear I get the guest host. He put up that he was going to be interviewing you, and I was like, yo, man, big ups. I didn't even ask, but he came to me. So, Michael, thank you. Of course, man. Serge, thanks. Um, additionally... Oh, because you said make sure I play him uh, Breaking Adams. I wanted to verify to see if this was true. I'd heard initially on Live at the Barbecue there was supposed to be a fifth rapper, MF Grimm. Is that you know, can you speak to any of the veracity of that? But he got in a car accident on the way there. Okay, you're not sure. Correct. Grip Grimm. I don't I don't know if that's accurate or not. I know that Grimm was very tight with Paul, with Large Professor. Yeah. Um, who was the producer of and, and in the main source. Um, so I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I, I've actually, because of Zevlovek's death, you right. know, you know, I've, I've gotten in touch with a lot of people from the GYP posse, our right. old crew from Long Get Beach. Yours. And yeah. I hadn't spoken to Grimm in 30 years. So wow. I just spoke to him and, you know, he's a wreck, mm. you know, um, obviously with doom. And now I, again, I don't know if you guys heard, but, uh, Sub Rock and Doom's mom died mm -hmm. uh, oh. on the three-month anniversary of Doom's oh, death. Damn. So wow. his brother Dim and his sister, like you know, they're trying to you know preserve the legacy in a lot of ways. Right. But um, it's just a lot of you know, it's just a lot of pain. You yeah. know, especially for Grim. Um, him and Doom had a falling out. I don't think they ever really reconciled. So mm. I know that you know he he uh, he's dealing with that. Mm. Okay. But I don't know about that. So I don't know about that. Got it. I was interested to hear that because he was actually another guy I felt was underrated. I really loved all his guest ops back in the day on uh, four, five, six, and then um, what's the joint? Uh, Constipated monkey, curious baby, busted. That's one of my <laughs> favorite fucking verses where he just jumps out. He's like schizophrenic. I'm five times two, so when I shadow box, I gotta fight a whole fucking crew. <laughs> <laughs> that just redounds in my head. But anyway, constipated yeah. monkey. Nah, he he he's a yeah. Actually, the last me George and Doom did a record called Benetton. Oh, came wow. out in uh, twenty nine two thousand nine. Okay, so we're just about to remix that. But it's me, George, and Doom. Sick. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, once again, we have the uh, Timeless Podcast Company coming from Search. The first one's going to be on Big Daddy Kane. And, of course, you can find Search Says the Podcast, I think, everywhere, right? Stitcher, Spotify. Correct. 
iTunes. Find yeah, that everywhere. YouTube, all of that. And uh, and the first season of Did I Ever Tell You to One About Podcast? Did I Ever Tell You One About Big Dad Kane? Will debut man. Awesome. Sick. Awesome. And um, you do you do all the podcasts uh, live video? Yes. Uh, well, live video, no, but um, taped live. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Well, MC Search, thank you so much. This has been such a good episode. We really, really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Pete, right. thanks for co-hosting. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Jimmy, for thanks me. for producing. And uh, we will see everyone next time Yo, on the Pete, if I ever see you with my shirt again, it's fucking on. Yeah, baby. <laughs> we with it.